My vision for this program is very simple. Okay, we are going to build the premier football program in the country. Okay, we are not going to talk about it anymore. We are going to be about it. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles podcast. My name is Will Stone. No Chase Caldwell with me today, but a very special guest, Mr. Aggies today, also known as Jackson Calloway. Jackson, appreciate you coming on. Of course, my man. I always love being here. Um, so qu- quite a bit of um, uh, breaking news, like over the past, uh, I mean, it's been nonstop since like pretty much since the portal started <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, it hasn't slowed down at all. So, um, uh, I guess, I guess let's start with the, with the most, um, well, like right before we got on, we saw a, uh, a Mike Elko lock tweet go out. Um, yep. we, we think we know what's coming with that. We'll, uh, we're, we're keeping an eye on it. Uh, uh, AT is working the phones and, uh, if, if new, if news breaks, uh, this, this live stream is going to be the first place that has it. So, <laughs> yep. but, yeah. but, uh, and, until that happens, um, you know, a couple hours ago, uh, announced that Ross Bjork, uh, has moved on from, uh, the AD at A&M over to, uh, the AD at Ohio state. Um, mm-hmm. uh, is, is that surprising to you or is there anything like, uh, like, uh, was this something that you saw coming? Yeah. I mean, I feel like anybody that, you know, has been kind of paying attention to it. I think you could kind of sense it was coming to an end, you know, um, with the whole Jimbo buyout, you know, costing the, the program itself millions of dollars. Um, right. You know, something we'd never seen before to that amount. Um, you know, the Mark Stoops debacle um, with him going behind the back of the, yeah. of the Board of Regents, all that sort of stuff. It, it was kind of just a whole incorporation of all those things. And so I think anyone that was really paying attention to it could kind of tell it was coming. Um, and I think at that, at, at this point, I think he kind of felt was coming. He was looking at the options and, um, and I think Ohio state, I think they're just looking for a guy, you know, um, they had their athletic director of 18 years retire. Um, and they're looking for a guy to get that NIL. Um, they're trying to get a guy that can organize their NIL because that's kind of a spot where they're lacking right now. Um, and for them that it's a good fit, they don't have to worry so much about hiring coaches. Whereas A&M was kind of looking for some guys, some key sports, um, right. and you know, expected but not at all think something that i think will hurt a&m in the long run right so it seemed like a mutual parting of ways like hey like there's no you know animosity or ill will but you know you want to go up there we're okay going in a different direction type of thing 100 percent, yeah awesome yeah and, and it, um, i mean that's that's something i think a&m was looking to do so i i think yeah. for them it probably benefits them if anything because it gets them more time to kind of get the next guy in place that's right yeah, you know, and uh, it, it, I've always said, like, I've, I've never been a, a, a Bjork hater. Like, I've always, like, thought he, was, mm-hmm. he did a fine job. And, uh, you know, it probably wasn't his choice to let Jimbo Fisher go. Uh, whosoever yeah. decision that was, uh, that was a great decision. You know, we we, uh, we, we couldn't sit here and, and go through another year of a, of a lame duck head coach. So, um, yep. you know, props to whoever did that. But like Bjork was saying all the right things, you know, at the start of the coaching search, I'm like, hey, like this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And then, you know, we had the Stoops debacle, uh, like one of the crazier uh, times to be on Aggie Twitter <laughs> and yeah, like it, and everything that happened with that. So the I think insane that ever. Yeah. So I think any uh, 
any fans that that Bjork had or any any goodwill he may have had probably flipped uh, that day and with that whole situation. Mm-hmm. But um, hey, it worked out. We uh, were able to to get rid of Jimbo, bring in Mike yeah. Elko. We ultimately made the right decision, um, even if we didn't Agreed. take the best path to get there. Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yep. um, all the best to to Ross and you know and good luck to him. Um, is, is there any names on your radar that might, uh, that might, uh, get a look from A&M, uh, as the next AD? Um, you know, this early into the search, I think they're still kind of looking to just get the right people in, into the search and kind of pulling ideas and, um, kind of pulling up the priorities in the search. I, I think they'll look internally. Um, I, I think yeah. there's a few guys internally that they're interested in, but ultimately I, I expect them to hire somebody from the outside, but I definitely do know that there's one guy um that will receive a lot of um attention from the AM um higher ups. Gotcha. Um well uh you know I I I, I trust them. Well I, I will say uh i and I can't remember his name. I bet you probably have it off the top of your head, but uh the, the new president at AM uh seems mm-hmm. like a really, really solid dude. Um so uh and I'm sure that John Sharp will be involved and whatnot, but um yeah. I've got a good feeling. I don't know. I feel like we're just on a streak of, of positivity that uh, it's, it's just going to keep on rolling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think there's, I think there's a lot of good ways to go about this. I think the main thing is just try to get a guy that, you know, uh, he has a plan for NIL. That's a big thing now. And that's going to determine your school's athletic success is the NIL and the approach you take to it. Uh, I think right. that's a big thing, but you also have to get the guy that can make the tough decisions, um, make the right hires. We saw with, with Bajork, he mean, he went out and got slots and that was a big one. That that was massive. And we're still seeing like, the, ma- the major benefits of that. Um, but, you know, the Jimbo and, and maybe even the buzz extension to a certain point. Um, I, I think those were probably cool. I mean, you got to find a guy that can make the right decisions when it comes to those. Right. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, well, uh, the, 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 the piece of news that was the biggest news of, of uh, the last 24 hours before the Bjork news was, um, the uh, official return of Shamar Turner to this Aggie football team, uh, mm-hmm. kind of expected, um, but nonetheless, still a, a huge, huge boost for, for this roster um, is, I, I guess, I, I guess how important, like of all the portal guys and, you know, that we've landed guys that went in and came back and whatnot. Um, is there anyone bigger than, than getting Shamar Turner to stay? Off the top of my head, I, I think, you know, heading into this offseason, there was two main things that was add pieces to that defense, and there and it was bring back Shamar Turner. Um, yeah. I, I think as soon as Mike Elko was hired, he went and got Jay Bateman. He went and got um, Coach Chaos. And I think right away the message to them was, we got to make sure we bring in talent. We have to maintain the talent we have now. Um, Shamar Turner, in my opinion, probably the biggest name on that defense that you wanted to keep. Um, slowed down a little bit towards the end of the season with a little bit of a minor injury, but – um, he looked great at uh, the beginning of yeah. the season. He's kind of had an upward trajectory through it the last three years. So I'm um, excited to have him back, and especially with a guy like Nick Scorton. Um, I think those are probably the two biggest names that A&M probably pursued this year. Um, and, and they got them both on, on camp at the same time, and you have a really good-looking D-line for next year. Yeah, and, and, you know, that was such a big, like, especially, you know, like really since Jimbo got here and, like, under Elko and even the last couple of years, uh, the, the, the D line has kind of been the calling card of this, uh, of the Aggie football team. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you start to see like, obviously a, a McKinley Jackson is off to the NFL, you know, you lose Walter and a couple other guys. You're thinking, 
you know, man, if we lose, if we lose Shamar Turner, that's really gonna, you know, that's really gonna mm-hmm. sting. But um, uh, it, it's quite the boost to get him back. Um, I, I think, I think you're spot on. He, he was a, a menace the first half of the year. Did, did slow down a little bit and, and you know, it sounds like he was banged up and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, getting him back, getting him healthy. Um, and uh, what, what I'm curious about, in, in, in your opinion, do you think that he stays at defensive end or does he come back inside or uh, is, is he kind of uh, inside outside kind of guy? It, it, it... Oh, shoot. Looks like I lost Jackson for the time being. Uh, let's see if, uh, if if we can get him back. Oh, there he is. That was quick. Hey, there we go. Good. <laughs> you're I'm good. So yeah, you're happened. back. <laughs> are, are we going to cut that? Or no, you're fine. That? You're fine. Hey, right. we're, we're still going. <laughs> Don't know what happened there. Don't know what happened there. <laughs> Hey, there, there's, uh, there's been, there's been way worse happened. So that, that, that was the, like, the, it was a pretty quick, uh, like you were gone for like 15 seconds and you were back. So we're all good. I don't even know what happened. They, they didn't <laughs> want me to answer the question apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah, but back to what we were saying, I, I'm very interested to see, you know, Jay Bateman, his defense. I'm curious to see how Mike El- Elko influences that. Um, I, I think there's a clear emphasis on pass rush under Mike Elko and, um, he loves having his guys in, in zone coverages, and you have to get the quarterback quick. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see what he does. I, I think when it comes to the rushing downs, he'll be on the outside, and he may even get some shots when it's, you know, pass rush on the outside. But I think primarily he'll stick on the inside. You think so? Okay. Yeah. Because I was, like, I've uh, I've got, like, this little, um like, this roster tracker that I'll do. And uh, mm-hmm. I've had him as an end. And, like, when I look at defensive tackle, I feel good. I feel really good about the first three or four. They're like, man, yeah. like, you know, we, we've kind of gotten spoiled to having, you know, six guys that can all, you know, that are all super talented and, uh, They're, and can it's all, insane. You know, yeah. But, uh, I think with, with him having that flexibility, you know, it makes it even uh, a bigger deal to, to, to keep him around. Mm-hmm. And, um, he'll be a fourth, a fourth year player. Um, you know, he's already proven what he can do. And, you know, an uh, off season with Tommy Moffitt, you know, in a, in a Mike Elko, Jay Bateman defense, um, yeah, it's, it's got me pretty excited, you know, and you talk about scoring and some of these other guys that we have, um, I guess let, let's, let's kind of kick it off, uh, the, the transfer portal talk, uh, with, with, with the defense. Um, so Texas bowl, we, we talked about this on our last show, Texas bowl, 55 scholarship players. Um, uh, it seemed like even less than that, you know, and, yeah. and even a guy, sure even a guy like even a guy like Turner, you know, he was, uh, was, was banged up, couldn't go. Um, mm-hmm. a couple other guys that, you know, that didn't transfer also had to, to sit out due to injury. And, um, you know, I'm looking at my, at my, at my roster tracker and I'm like, man, like we need some numbers, you know, <laughs> like we need, yeah. even if, even if we just got depth out of the portal, like we yeah. don't have enough bodies. Um, especially, you know, like with the small signing class and, you know, you know, you don't want to count on, on a bunch of freshmen anyway, but, yeah. uh, so I, I feel like we all knew that Elko and them had to go out and attack the portal, but the way they did it was shocking to me. Um, was mm-hmm. that, did you expect that when they got here and, and with the staff you put together or, or, or was that even surprising to you with how successful that they were? To be completely honest, I, I think when it was the portal, um, I, I, knew they'd go into it with a plan. Um, I knew that that busy week where we saw all those commits, 
I, I knew they were going to try to land all, a lot of those guys. They were all takes. Um, yeah. I didn't expect them to get all those guys in a duration of like 72 hours. They got like 12 commitments in 72 hours. He just kept tweeting. It, it, it was insane. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that before. And it, and it was interesting um, because it just felt like there was uh, a sense of momentum between the portal guys. And you don't really see that a whole lot in the portal. It's like they're not ever too influenced by each other's decisions. Um, right. Much like it is in high schools where one yeah. guy's a buddy is one follow. Um, it was interesting because all those guys aren't familiar with each other. And so that was – it was very um, inspiring to see that. Uh, I, I think that it spoke to the um, recruiting ability that the staff has. And, I mean, you have a few guys, Holman Wiggins and Trooper Taylor, who's been incredible on the trail. Um, very similar to the way that Elijah Robinson is, is that he was not just the running backs. He was recruiting guys in every position. Um, right. I, I think the method that they took was incredible. I, I think that it worked out really well, obviously. Um, but I, I – I didn't expect it at all to go the way it did. <laughs> yeah, you know that, that's a great point about uh, about about those transfers all kind of uh, uh, coming in together and committing together. Because you're right, it, it, it is more with high school uh, with, with high school players. Like mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you get a top ten, you know, five star guy. He's going to be, you know, like every class has that Pied Piper that you know goes out and tries to to rally the troops. But you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was was Elko's plan. Like maybe he said, "Hey, we're gonna get these guys on campus." Like a lot of them came in, like like came to visit at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. So that 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 must have played a part, you know, in getting in, in like in getting all those guys to pitch. Like, hey, like you're a defensive end, but we got these great corners here too that are gonna help you out. And like, you know, yeah. I, I think that, that that was really impressive by them to 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 get that done. And you know. I, I I don't even know the number. I know it's twenty one total, but in that week it was like it felt like like eighteen or nineteen. It was absolutely nuts. Insane. It was insane. I've I've never seen anything in my short time covering. Um, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely unprecedented, and uh, especially when, when you when you contrast that with um with the the, the previous staff who uh, did take some transfers uh, in mm-hmm. in their last year here, um, but. Uh, it, it feels like this coaching staff sees things that like, like obviously much better than the fans do, but like, we're sitting here like, Hey, like we need transfers, you know, like we need, we need to go out and be aggressive. And, and this staff yeah. is absolutely doing that, which is, which is awesome to see. But um, yeah, I, I, I guess on, on defense, uh, obviously Nick Scorton, but uh, I, I guess talk about Scorton for a bit. You know, he seems like the, like the, the crown jewel of this, of this transfer class. And, and maybe some other guys on defense that you're excited about. Yeah, I mean, Nick Scorton, right away, as soon as he entered the portal, it was a glaring need. Um, no matter what you, you have on the defensive line, that's the guy that you need. He's a very twitchy, long-armed guy. He can play inside or outside. Um, he's not only a great pass rusher, but he's an incredible run stopper, um, one of the high, highest-rated run stoppers for PPF. Um, and – he was an instant need, a guy that you need um, in the pass rush game. Because a last year, while they had, you know, they weren't all they, – they were great in the pass rush. That's an upgrade from any guy on the, on, on the outside. Um, you lost Fidel Diggs. That was a big loss. You, you yeah. slot in Scorton, immediately you look at that as a, as a plus. Um, another guy he's I a, really he, like he, is – And Scorton's a Brian kid. Like, you know, mm-hmm, I know he yeah. looked at other that, places. That was the but, main thing too, yeah. Yeah, I and, think – And that's the thing is that – go ahead. Sorry, like I, uh, like I think he was like one of the first ones to to kick that whole thing off, mm-hmm. 
And like when he entered the portal, we're like, oh, like there's this this stud defensive end from Brian that, that is in the portal. I think a lot of, Ag- of Aggie fans felt like if we don't get him, then then things are bad. <laughs> like then, then we're not going to yeah. get anybody, and you know it's all going to be yeah. it's all going to be you know you know doom and gloom. But uh, as soon as they yeah. got him, you know that that flipped the switch, and uh, it's been a whirlwind since. Yeah, that's the thing is that I, even I kind of saw that feeling like if we don't get this guy, it's it's what is Elko doing? Who can we get? Um, you know, <laughs> that's the thing is that is that you know we were taught so much of Jimbo Fisher that if Jimbo doesn't want him, he's not a fit here. He's you know doesn't translate to what we want. Um, and with, with Elko, so far from what I've learned is that if a guy can play, he can play. Um, yeah. He wants him. That's a guy that I if under Jimbo Fisher, I don't know how hard we can pursue. Right as he entered the portal, Mike Elko was with him the next day in person really um and so i think that speaks a testament to what he does and um his approach to the portal that's awesome no that's 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 fantastic to hear um but yeah uh, so so like so so scorton obviously stud you know all big 10 honoree uh will very likely start and play uh, a ton of snaps and be a big part of what they do on defense Mm -hmm. um they got some other defensive linemen, and uh, they they really got every position <laughs> on defense, and yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's a it's a pretty impressive haul. So so, so who else back there uh, is kind of a standout? In uh, in the secondary specifically, I I really do like Will Lee from Kansas State. Um, he's got some tackling issues, but I think that's something you can fix pretty easily. Um, I, that that's one of the things that if, if there's an issue there, you can maybe get it fixed in an offseason, put him back out there, see how he looks. He was great in coverage. Um, yeah. I really like the take of Scooby Williams. There's going to be a lot of people talking about how he graded this season, but I, I think when it comes to the tool side of things, he's got them all. He's got everything you need. He's a, he's a great pass rusher. He's pretty good in coverage. He's a quick guy. Um, he can get from coast to coast pretty quick. Very similar to Adrian Cooper in that in that sense. Um, I, I really like him. He's going to take some refining, but I, I think ideally that's a guy that you can maybe slot in um, maybe down the road next to Torrey and York. Um, yeah. Cassius Howell, though, is the one guy I'm really keeping an eye on. Um, Bowling Green, a linebacker, edge rusher, you can kind of put, put him any level you want to. Um, lined up in the slot a few times a season. Um, really? An incredible pass rusher. That was, that's, his, that's his calling, pass rushing. That kid is incredible. He's, he has some moves that we really haven't seen, um, you know, under Elijah Robinson and Terry Price. You kind of had those go-to swim move or power move. He's kind of got a wide variety of moves he uses, and it's very fascinating to watch if you watch his film. But um, he's the he's one guy I think could be. Oh yeah, and he's and he's more of a he's more of a skinny guy, and that kind of shocked yeah. me looking at his film is, is he's a little bit more skinny in speed. Um, so it's very interesting to look at, and I think if he works with uh, Sean Spencer, physically very similar to Michael Parsons. I'm not saying he's Michael Parsons, but he, he's got <laughs> easy <plan>. now. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he looks the part, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if yeah. he even get up there. Yeah, no, that's one thing I saw. So when they when they hired uh, Coach Chaos, you know Sean Spencer, mm-hmm. um, I I tried to do a little you know a little research on him, and you know when he was at Penn State, like they were constantly in the top ten in sacks, and yep. you know like uh, like obviously Mike is a part of that, but they had some other guys that uh, that were on that defensive line and. Um, like he, he just produced like year in and year out, like it didn't matter who they had. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, with a guy like Scorton, a guy like Cassius Howell, um, Shamar Turner, you know, uh, Eni White, like all these other defensive linemen that we have, 
uh, I'm excited about a guy like, like Rylan Kennedy and what he can do, you know, in, oh, yeah. in, in, in a new scheme. But uh, I feel 100%. like we haven't had that kind of like that, that twitchy, like bendy guy on the edge since, mm-hmm. since Tyree Johnson, like Tyree Johnson, yeah, could, you know, 100%. he was kind of a, a, like a, a skinnier, quicker guy could, mm-hmm. could uh, like he, he, he played low, could, could, could dip his shoulder and get around the corner. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think Hal can kind of be that guy. And um, yeah, so like defensive line, that's, I, I think we're, we're, we're set there. They got the guy from Wisconsin too, for, for depth on the interior. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested in, 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 in more about Scooby. So I know he was, he was a top 100 kid. Um, and, uh, and, and our, our new DC, Jay Bayman, he, he was the linebacker coach at Florida, right? With, with Scooby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, he, so- he was, yeah. Yeah. So, so he's got that familiarity and like, he was like, Hey, like, this is a guy we need to get over here. Yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say is that it, it was interesting to me that, you know, despite his, his season being meh, he started off really hot, kind of slowed down towards the end of the season. Um, yeah. Despite that, that was kind of right away, Jay Bateman, like we need to go get this guy. Um, and that was interesting to me because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of linebackers this cycle in the portal that, you know, kind of stood out, but that was apparently the one guy that we really wanted. Um, yeah. So I'm very interested to see what he does with Scooby and is, if he kind of has a plan in approaching him different than he did this last season in Gainesville. Yeah, no, that's definitely something to watch. You know, I think, uh, like, with, with everything that we've talked about and, like, with the, the transfers and new coaches and all that stuff, this this spring is going to be so interesting because, like, almost all of you guys are going to be on campus. And even some mm-hmm. of those freshmen are going to be on campus. So um, it's, like, you're going to be rolling pretty deep roster-wise in the spring. Mm-hmm. and uh a, a lot of competition you know you talked about the secondary uh i, I can't even name them all because we took like eight defensive backs you know possibly another on the way um and, yeah. and honestly i i like the like you know you got guys like bryce anderson um you know i i think brave on rogers could do some good things jacoby matthews mm-hmm. um but man like some of those those transfers i, I think are, are awesome players uh like uh, yep. trey jones was a guy that georgia wanted really badly mm-hmm. um Love Donovan Saunders' athleticism, and uh, you know, and and the the corner from UAB, uh, uh, BJ Mays. You know, like there's just so yep. many names, and like it's gonna be, you know, uh, like a true like what we've had on the defensive line the last you know several years. We we kind of got it all, like you know, at least on the D line, and then in the in the secondary, maybe at linebacker too. With you know, they brought in like two transfers there, and we got some other guys. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I think I was worried about the defense when we started seeing some guys leave and, but at least for me, in, in, in your opinion, uh, like, like, how do you feel about this defense as it stands today? Yeah. I, I, I'm very interested to see how the secondary pans out the most. Um, I think the only guys that you have locked to the starting spot right now is Jacoby and Bryce. And outside of that, you're kind of, you know, looking around saying who, who's going to be the guy this spring. Um, I, I think Javon, Thomas is a guy that we've already had on campus that I think, you know, can compete for a spot. Um, he started off pretty well um, and kind of took a, a quick downward slope and didn't play as much in the end of the season. But um, very interesting to see about that. Like guys that you spoke about, uh, Jaden Hill, BJ Mays, those are guys that I really like. Marcus Ratcliffe, Donovan Saunders, the two guys we clipped from yeah. um, UCLA and TCU. Um, those are, especially, like, those are two young guys that you can kind of, even if they play this year, they're going to be here for another year or two. Um, right. So it's very interesting to kind of see who slots in, but um, there's a lot of versatility in that room and a lot of guys that can play either, you know, nickel or safety or 
kind of throw him in wherever you want, especially Bryce Anderson. I think that's the key to it all is just finding the spot that he plays best and then building around him. Yeah, it's absolutely right. Um, cause, cause he can do a lot of different things. And, mm-hmm. you know, when, like, and when, when Elko was here, you know, he, he really, uh, he, he put his best player in that nickel spot. You know, he had Antonio Johnson there. Um, Bryce could fit there. Maybe he's a great deep safety though. We need him on the back end, you know? Um, so it, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's exciting that, that Elko and Bateman and, and all these guys have, you know, so many pieces to work with and like, uh, you know, there is a true competition and like there was going to be any way like new coach, like, yeah, Elko knows the players, but he's like, Hey, like we're, we're starting from scratch, you know, <laughs> like this is all yeah. like every, every, every job is open. But, um, that, that like, I, I'm, I, I was concerned leaving the Texas bowl when I shouldn't have been, but I was, but now seeing what's all transpired since, uh, it's, it's, it's super encouraging. Um, on the offensive yeah. side, uh, Every spot but quarterback, which I think we're set at quarterback. <laughs> you know, I think we've got we've got for sure <laughs> three good ones. Yeah. We got for sure three good ones and a fourth, mm-hmm. you know, really good prospect. Um, but you take a running back, you take two receivers, you take seventeen tight ends. Um, I, I I like it. You know, like uh, so. I guess who who's some of yeah. your favorites on on the offensive side? Offensively, I really like Cyrus Allen out of Louisiana Tech. I think he's a spark plug guy. I think you don't need to see him in, you know, a large quantity to get production. Um, yeah. I, I think that, that receiver was a position of need. Um, you missed out on the guy that went to Louisville. Um, you go get Jabe Barber, um, a guy that has speed, a smaller guy, really good route running, um, kind of slot into the Nia Smith uh, role on a smaller dosage. Um, I think you're still missing that number one receiver. Um, hoping for someone to emerge between Jade, Moose, and Noah. I think those are your three guys this year. But um, yeah, really, Cyrus Allen sticks out to me the most. I, I think that's the main guy, uh, and I, I think he, I think he can play a large part um, in the offensive season, especially in a Colin Klein. I think you know he's the type of guy that he's always loved having on the inside, um, especially in the return game as well. I think he has, he's going to bring a lot of speed and versatility that we need in the return game. That's a great point. I, I I didn't I didn't realize that because uh, you know like we've had we, we we've been spoiled with with Anaya Smith for so long you know and mm-hmm. and Devon Ache and guys like that that uh yeah I, I didn't I haven't even thought about who our who our returner is going to be so that's great to know <laughs> yeah and like we, we've definitely got we, we got guys but uh that, that's great that a guy like like Cyrus Allen seems like he has quite a bit of speed you know can can oh, come yeah. in and and do that um how about these how about these tight ends uh I know I. Uh, there, there's there's two new ones, right? There's there's Garrett yep. Miller and, and and Trey Watson, and yeah. and Watson's the guy they really wanted that went to Washington initially, and then mm-hmm. coaching change, he opens it back up and comes down here. Um, have have you got anything on on either of those guys? Yeah, Garrett Miller is one that I really wanted personally. Um, as soon as we offered him, I, I really like the offer. You lose Max uh, right this last year, primarily a blocking guy, but the can also receive the ball. That's that's your comparison. That's where he's gonna slot in. That's where you need him. Um, A&M loses him and Garza, uh, right? I'm referencing, I'm sorry. Um, lose those two. That's kind of your two blocking guys that you're kind of hoping to have poised ready for the season. Um, and, you know, you bring in Miller and he's an incredible blocker. Um, and going into the 12 team playoff, a lot of people don't think about this, but you're going to need the bodies. You're going to need bodies that can, that can do the dirty work for you and can be a Bruce's up front. That's that type of guy that you're getting out of Garrett Miller. Um, yeah. Especially this isn't a tight end, but you know, uh, EJ Smith, that's another guy. You need bodies 
need to be able to distribute the load to different guys and be able to come out in different packages and approach guys in different ways. Um, that's that type of approach that they're taking with Garrett Miller. And Trey Watson's another guy to where he can block, but he can also go and catch it. I mean, he has a sneaky ability to go and make it. He's very athletic. Um, I know Jalen Henderson was a guy that was raving Coach Mike Elko. Mike Elko called him in and asked him, what can, what can you tell us about this guy? Um, yeah. Freaky athletic. Um, don't really expect to see it. Turn on the film, you'll see it. Um, he's, he's a bigger guy. Um, he can, he could hold his own in blocking, but that's just another guy that outside of Theo, Donovan Green, uh, Jim Platt, you're adding more weight that can go out and receive the ball and just kind of, um, bring a little bit more diversity to your blocking passing game. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. And, and that's, that's great to hear about both those guys. Um, I, I know Miller has kind of thought of as the blocker, um, but uh, I, did, I did watch a little bit of Trey Watson. I think I watched their, the Fresno State Bowl game uh, with Trey Watson, mm-hmm. and uh, he looked good blocking in that game. I thought he had a couple catches too, but um, definitely a super uh, uh, a super impressive uh, uh, player to land. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I was super impressed with, with Jaden Platt in the bowl game. You know, I think he yep. he, he got like he, he kind of gets forgotten about a little bit. You know, he's a true freshman and and didn't play a ton with uh with with Jake and and Max Wright playing most of the most of the snaps, but um had a great snag in the uh in the texas bowl um it seems like he's a guy that uh that, that i'm keeping an eye on that under a year of of strength and conditioning you know might might really surprise next year yeah he was he was definitely a guy that i could see under moffitt transforming and becoming an entirely different player um yeah. we didn't see him in a, in a heavy doses this year but when he played you could feel his impact um yeah. you know i think in a room with him and Theo and Donovan specifically, I think there's a lot of potential in that room to really kind of create a new type of offense with three um, potentially elite in the receiving game in terms of tight ends. That's you, There's so many ways you can go about that, especially in a Colin Klein offense that heavily utilizes their tight ends. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see where he goes with those guys. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's a great segue because my next question was about this coaching staff. Let's, let's start with Colin Klein. Um, so, uh, you know, when we hired Elko and it was, it was a couple of weeks before we had any, any hires, if I, if I remember right, mm-hmm. uh, it, it felt like a long time. It probably wasn't that long, but I remember I was watching some, some Duke film and I'm like, man, like, you know, if, if he did bring his OC from there, uh, Kevin Johnson, like, well, this, this guy's decent. you know, like, he's, he's, he's a good mm-hmm. OC. Like that'll probably be fine. Um, but Elko wasn't satisfied just bringing over everyone from Duke. He went out and and went big game hunting and brought in uh, his number one target, if I uh, understand yeah. it correctly. Um, I, I guess t- tell me a little bit about your thoughts on Colin Klein, um, him as a as a recruiter, as a coach, and and how this offense might look. Yeah, I was you know initially I didn't know a whole lot about Colin Klein. Uh, truthfully, I had heard his name brought up a little bit, but I was more looking at the LSU guy who was ultimately uh, the second choice as was yeah. said about much by Billy Lucci. Um, That's right. But it, I was very interested to see because I thought LSU's offense looked great. I think, you know, that, that guy really centered his offense around Jaden Daniels' strength. He completely transformed him as a quarterback. Colin Klein has a very different style of play than you'll see um, – most offensive coordinators in the SEC run. It's a very um, physical way of play. Um, they use a lot of – he loses a lot of his tight ends and his fullbacks, um, which I, I personally love that. I think, you know, having another weapon that defense have to account for, I think that's always a luxury to have. 
Um, I, I think the run game with his quarterback is going to be interesting. Um, it's been heavily emphasized that he loves running his quarterbacks. And to see how it goes with Wigman, I'm not quite sure if there's going to be some hesitance to do that uh, after the injury to Wigman this year. But down the line, um, you know, you have Marcel Reed, that guy can run. You, you, can, bring yeah. in, you can bring him in in certain packages. Um, I'm interested to see how he, I, I'm really interested to see how he mixes with uh, Adam Cushing, the line coach. I, I want to see how they approach the run game because I feel like this season, this past season, we didn't really have an effective run game at all. Um, I'm interested to see. I think the air raid under Colin Klein is going to be successful. I'm curious about the run game. I'm curious if we're going to be able to utilize that to our strengths and um, continue to pound these defenses into the ground like we did in the COVID year. Yeah, no, uh, I, I I definitely tend to agree. Um, this past season, the, the run game was not uh, uh, at its best. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it seems like, you know, uh, I, I shouldn't do this, but I, uh, but, but I do. And I picture Devon A-Chain in a Colin Klein offense and, and being able to use Devon A-Chain like, like Colin Klein yeah. used Deuce Vaughn. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's neither here nor there. It's in the past, but I, I'm, I'm really excited yeah. about, about what, you know, uh, about what he can do with, with, with this, with this roster that he's got. Um, no offense to Kansas state. They had some, uh, some really great players, uh, mm-hmm. and, and did some uh, some tremendous things with with him at the helm of the offense. Um, I'll I'll say this during during COVID, um, I think who was their quarterback back then? I think it was like uh, Skylar Thompson was the K State quarterback, and he mm-hmm. got he went out early in the year, and they brought in Will Howard, and he's and Will Howard stunk that year. I think he, yeah. he must have been a freshman. I think he was awful. I, I couldn't couldn't throw, and you know, it, I was like, man, like this guy just ain't got it. Um, and maybe it's something else. Maybe it's, you know, Colin Klein's coaching, but um, he improved drastically, you know, in, in his time mm-hmm. at K-State. Um, l- luckily, Coach Klein has some some pretty great, you know, pieces to work with here already, you know, yeah. especially uh, with, with a healthy Connor Wigman. Um, in terms of the, the, the running back rotation, uh, seems like all four of those guys, you know, Amari, Moss, um, EJ Smith, and, and Ruben – uh, seems like it's it's anyone's kind of kind of game right now. Like it, it's it's an open yeah. competition there for who's going to be. Well, first of all, if if there will be a lead back at all, but who gets the lion's share of the carries? Yeah, it's interesting because I I think at different points of the season there was a different you know head of the house. Um, I, I think yeah. Le'Veon Moss overall, I think he was the best running back this last year. Um, I, I think he is the most NFL ready. Um, Amari Daniels brings a lot of versatility. He's a passing game guy. Um, he really shined at moments this year, um, but there's a little bit of a fumbling issue that I think we saw a few times this season. Um, yeah. I think that limited his, his load. Uh, Ruben Owens, again, he's still growing as a guy. You can kind of see he has the tools. He seems to put it all together. EJ Smith is interesting to me because I think he's a really good running back. He's averaged five yards of carry his entire career. Um, he hasn't gotten a whole lot of carries, which is interesting to me. Um, it was really good in the passing game out of high school, but wasn't really utilized in that. Um, at Stanford so I'm interested to see how they go in that direction but I think overall that running back room is full of number one guys um, yeah. it's just all about putting them in the right in the right place at the right time and um, kind of putting them in a the spot to be successful because I think last year there was a little bit of um, I don't think there was enough creativity when it came to the running game I think that's fair um, and in, and something that we haven't really done you know or didn't do under Jimbo hardly at all 
is uh is screens and like like every now and then we 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 throw a pass to a back but uh that that kind of stood out in watching a couple k-state games like whether it was you know deuce vaughn or 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 giddens or 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 benson um it seems like uh, well i so i I get benson and treshawn ward mixed up i know one of the florida state guys went to k-state but um they they threw to the backs quite a bit and i feel like you know i feel like ruben is I think I think Ruben and EJ are both really really suited to uh, to do that uh, out of the backfield. Um, so it, I'm interested to see you know what like, like what he wants to do with that room and like you know is is Moss your your downhill you know 15 20 carry a game guy you know mm-hmm. rotate in Ruben rotate in EJ and Amari whoever else and uh, and throw some more screens and 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 things like that. But um, yeah, the more I talk about it, like <laughs> there's so many interesting storylines this spring about like, mm-hmm. like what's it all going to look like? You know, like you know, I've never, yeah. I, I'm always excited for the spring game. You know, it's uh, it's we get a chance to watch our team, but now getting a chance to see upwards of 35, you know, some odd new players, uh, a whole new coaching staff, and a, a creative offense. Um, it, it's it's pretty exciting. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, and, and I mean, and, and, that, that, sorry. Go, go, sorry. Go I was going to say about the screens. Like I, I completely agree. And that's something. Whenever I was watching Klein and myself, I was thinking, you know, we never got our players in the space. I feel like we never really gave them that opportunity yeah. to make the yards at the catch. It was always catch it. If you get something else at the catch, awesome. But just be where you're at. Um, yeah, I, I'm very see that that kind of incorporated into the offense. Yeah, absolutely. Because 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 we know we have talent, right? Like there's there's not a bunch of mm-hmm. like you know uh like, like there's future nfl players on this offense and 100%. especially especially at the skill spot and you know i'm i'm really excited to see how uh how, how all that comes together um elsewhere on the offense you know talked about cushing i think that was probably one of the most important hires that that elko made you know yeah, klein moffitt Cushing might be third, you know, in, in that mix. Um, have you heard anything uh, so far in, in his short time here? Is like, yeah, like either coach or recruiting, but um, like any any feedback from, from the players or anything, or anything like that from uh, uh, on Adam Cushing? Yeah, I, as a coach, I haven't heard a whole lot. Um, I, I think they've only been with each other for a few, for you know, uh, probably a week or so max, um, and so I haven't quite been able to hear anything on that. But I do know as a recruiter, um, I was speaking to a coach. Um, at Louisville, at Louisville, sorry, um, and he was emphasizing like he's making the Texas guys in in priority. Uh, Michael Pasusi, a five star uh, offensive tackle for next year, um, didn't hear a whole lot from Steve Adazio in state. We were falling off the. He comes in immediately launches us up back in the top three. He told me um, stuff like that. Like that's stuff you need to do. I feel like under Adazio, we didn't see a whole lot of like elite O line recruiting. Right away, he's came, he's come in. And he's immediately made that a priority. Um, he realizes the needs that we have, and I think he definitely added some, you know, needed depth, needed competition at the positions. Um, and I, I think overall, I think this spring, um, it's gonna be all about getting his guys, you know, in the right spots. I, I think there was a little bit of confusion, and I don't think there's a whole lot of confidence within the O line unit under Dazio. I feel like he was always um, yelling, but he wasn't quite teaching them as much. Um, right. I, it was very a weird, it was a weird situation. Um, and I, I think if he just allows his alignment to get more comfortable, uh, build the confidence and kind of just 
keep the five in there. If there's a five that's doing well, just keep them in there, allow them to get that cohesion going. Um, right. I think that would be a big thing. And I, I think he's kind of figuring out, you know, what we need. Uh, I think this spring for him is all about getting his guys healthy, fathery, and kind of rock, knocking the dust off of him because that's a big piece this year. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I tend to forget about a guy like Ruben because, you know, he he was banged up and missed a lot of this past season. But, you know, of, of all the things that went wrong with, with Jimbo Fisher's uh, tenure there at the end, uh, there may not be a bigger – a bigger part that went worse than uh, keeping Steve Adazio on. Um, and yeah. just the, the, the absolute, you know, uh, uh, like, like the a regression of that unit um, and, and how things kind of fell apart. But, uh, and people will, you know, will, will, will ask me like, you know, like, do we, do we have the guys, like, is it coaching or is it, you know, the talent level? And, you know, it's probably somewhere in the middle, but, like, we, we've got some players on this offensive line. Like, th- this is not a, a bare cupboard by any means. And, you know, even mm-hmm. though, like, they went out, they got three transfers to come in as well on the offensive line. But um, uh, there's, you know, it's like we said it everywhere else. Like, there's going to be a true competition. And uh, if I had to put together a starting five right now, I couldn't tell you who it's going to be. It's, it's tough. It's tough, especially the depth <laughs> that they brought in. Like, you don't really know, you know, where those guys are slot in, especially because they all have experience. Um, yeah. kind of the biggest thing is that they've all started at least the full season, um, especially with, you know, Basontis taking, coming back, um, potentially taking over a guard spot. Who's in slot in at the other tackle? Um, Trey Zoom's back. It, what's, the, what's the situation at center? Who are you going to play at center? Um, right. Can we, can, can we get Bryce Foster back to where he was under Henson? I think that's one of the biggest question marks this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Um, and so like you said something there on the, on the recruiting aspect with, uh, with the uh, Fasusi out of Louisville, you know, mm-hmm. he's, what is he? A, he's a five-star kid uh, yeah. in, in 2025. Um, and the old staff didn't really communicate with him very well. Sounds like. Yeah. Correct. Um, so I, I, Big shout out to twenty four seven. I was reading, you know, something they had up the other day. It was either, either Carter or or Andrew Hattersley, but it was about um, the Katie, uh, the Katie receiver. Is it Marsh? Andrew Marsh? Does that sound right? Oh yes, sir. Okay, so mm-hmm. same thing there, right? Like Marsh grew up an A and M fan, and he's a. Is he also a five star top one hundred kid? Like uh, highly I think rated. He's- He's at, he's at least on the border. He's at least on the borderline. Right. So probably got a top 50 player in his class. Mm-hmm. Didn't hear from A&M. <laughs> like, it's you know, crazy. I, and, you know, a, a lot of people with, with moving on from Jimbo, there was a lot of, and, and, and I'm guilty of it too. Like, can, can we get someone that can recruit as well as he did here mm-hmm. and bring the coaching and culture and everything else? Um, it sounds like they're at the, like, obviously like the 22 class, historical uh in in that moment um from a rating numbers perspective whatever else but um since then things took a a pretty big step back and mm. it seems like already this this staff of uh you know the adage that elko can't recruit and whatnot um and obviously like no no decisions yet like we haven't gotten you know he's not just signing five stars left and right but uh, yeah, the, the the early signs are, are pretty encouraging, no? hundred percent, and I I think I'm most encouraged by the the. I mean, we're casting a wide net. 
at every position. It's not, you know, we're, we're going to go on this guy. If we miss on that guy, we're going to take this guy. It's not option A and then we don't have an option B or C. We're just going to trade to D. Um, and it's a lot more so. I think the staff is so hungry, and I think a lot of them have so much to prove. I got Trooper Taylor was, has been stuffed kind of Arkansas State, Duke, and now he gets another shot with A&M. Uh, Coach Chaos, you know, was at the top of the mountain with Penn State. Goes to the NFL, kind of comes back to college, kind of falls off a little bit, gets fired from Florida. These guys are hungry, and they know what they're doing. Um, yeah. It's just more so. I think I think the last last staff was kind of. I wouldn't say they were. Ah, it was. It's it's weird. I think that they knew. They, I thought they weren't as hungry, and they felt like they knew exactly what they were doing, so they never worried. Um, they kind of felt like their job was safe at all times because Jimbo wasn't the guy that would fire coaches. I think during his time here, he fired like four or five coaches. That was it. Yeah. Um, I, I think they were content with where they were. I think you know, that they weren't feeling like they're their seat was ever in jeopardy. Um, I, I think that's a big thing about this Elko staff is that they're all hungry and they're willing to work. Um, and I, I didn't see that ethic quite as much with the Jimbo Fisher staff. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's definitely great news. Um, uh, I, I guess like the, the last two guys, well, I mean, they're, they're still an open spot, right? We, we had, we had a yeah. uh, uh, coach McGriff for like 10 seconds. Now he's back at Auburn and now, uh, he's gone. They're, they're, now he's gone <laughs> and there's still yeah. there's still one more spot to hire um two guys I, that i that i'm pretty impressed with already uh uh holman wiggins and and ish aristide um mm-hmm. I, I guess i guess uh your, your, your thoughts on each of them obviously uh coach wiggins from alabama ton of skins on the wall even though still fairly young guy and uh yeah. and aristide who was here with elko and jimbo you know, as, as a GA back in the day. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember as soon as I heard the news about Elko being hired, Ish was the first guy that came to mind. And that's a guy that spent time with A&M. Um, he was here during the early parts of Jimbo Fisher. He went to Miami, spent some time there and went to Duke. He is a relentless recruiter. Um, he did really well um, develop, developing the guys at Duke. There was a lot of guys at that, at, on that defensive back room that were all conference players. Um, yeah. Chandler Rivers, um, Stinson, those guys that, you know, produced a lot and they held their ground. Uh, I think him coming to the staff, he's a younger guy. He can relate to the players. Um, and to some, he's a familiar face because I know there's a few guys on the staff that have worked with them in the past. Um, I think there's a little bit of chemistry between him and some of the players as well, um, having been their recruiters early on in their careers. Um, I really like that hire. I think that was one of the more stepped on hires. I think that's going to be a guy that, eventually leaves college station to become a head coach or, a, you know, career defensive coordinator else, elsewhere. Um, yeah. And then Holman Wiggins, I love that hire. I remember getting the text that we were going to, that we were hiring him, calling Billy Lucci. And I was like, is this, is this like, <laughs> I was like, is this serious? I was like, is this for real? He was like, call me tonight. I'll tell you. And, and, and I just remember on the phone, it's been like an hour and we were just talking. Like, we, we're like, we cannot let this get out. Like, That's awesome. We cannot let this get out. Or it is oh, like, because at the point, there was a point to where, he couldn't let it come out or else he wouldn't come. He yeah. was waiting on a bonus from Nick Saban. And it wasn't so much like, hey, I'm going to AM. Is there anything else you have to offer me to keep me here? It was more like, here's the divorce papers. We're done. Type yeah. thing. Like, you can't change my mind. I've already signed it. Um, and so I remember that being such a big emphasis that we can't mess this up because that was Mike Elko's number one guy outside of Coach Klein, number one guy on offense. And, and he, he got him. Um, and I remember hearing the immediate results from uh, Moose, and he, he was pumped about it. 
Um, and I know recruiting-wise, he's already killed it. Already put the guy from Florida. We got Ryan Williams. We've got a foot in the door with him. And, it, I mean, if you if that's a guy you can get, um, <laughs> money's worth it. Just that alone. I think that's a guy that's an automatic first-round pick. Yeah, no, uh, so I, uh, I I saw that. So, like, whatever we – well, I guess, first of all, when, when I got that that Texax alert that we had hired uh, Holman Wiggins as our receivers coach, I, I like, audibly, like, like holy – bleep you know <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's yeah. not not at all what i saw coming and like obviously like yeah. like I, i've been pretty you know happy with every pretty much every hire that that elko has made um was stoked about about klein but like the biggest reaction for me was like just total shock that we hired Holman wiggins from alabama um and and, yeah. like, and maybe he knew about nick retiring maybe he didn't but uh it, it doesn't matter because he's here now <laughs> yeah. but uh with with Ryan Williams, like, you know, everyone, like, like he was the lone, like uncommitted, uh, like top flight receiver in that class yep. from Alabama committed to, to coach Wiggins and Nick, and Nick Saban at Alabama, um, came on a visit, uh, last week. It seemed to enjoy it. Um, is, it seems like Auburn still the betting favorite, but, uh, have you got any, any update there? Yeah. I mean, everyone I've talked to continues to tell me Auburn's the team. Texas is still involved there. Um, but a and continuing to push. That's their number one priority at the moment. Uh, finishing out this class is him and Terry Bethy. Those are the last two guys that are giving all the resources to those two guys. Um, yeah. And, you know, Ryan Williams, that's a guy that if you get him, he could work his way into the starting rotation by, the, by week one or two. Um, I mean, he's a talented guy. He is the, he would be probably a more talented guy coming in A&M as, probably more talented than Evan Stewart, I would say. Really? I mean, he, he was the number one guy in the class before he reclassified to 24. Um, yeah. I mean, even then, if you go watch the All-American Bowl, he was killing it. Like, he you you could tell there was a very obvious talent um, difference between him and everyone else. And that's that's one that Mike Elko and Colin Klein and Holman Wiggins, that's their number one priority right now is getting that guy on the boat. Yeah. No, uh, I saw somebody uh, had, had retweeted his um, his highlight take the other day, and uh, it's uh, super impressive. <laughs> there's no yeah. there's no doubt about it. The kind of player he is. So um, uh, we're we're definitely keeping an eye on that. Um, uh, as far as, as any transfers, I know there's uh, w- we got the Elko lock uh, right before we came on. We we have an yeah. idea of who it is. Uh, we, we won't say it yet, but um, after that. Uh, you know, in, I guess in the next window and potentially in the summer, um, uh, is there, is there more targets or are they kind of in wait and see mode until, uh, until the summer gets here and they see how it looks? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, obviously there's, there's still a number of guys we're talking to, and I, I think there's still a need at defensive tackle. Um, I, I don't know anyone on the open market right now that would kind of fit what we need. Um, I feel like we kind of just need that nose guy, the physical yeah. run stopper. Um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. Um, I, I think the spring portal window will certainly be one that we see more guys coming to AM. Um, I think that's also a portal where you may see a few guys leave AM. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of competition. And I think at that point, you may see a few guys enter. Um, AM has not escaped the transfer portal bug yet. Um, I, I think you're going to see more in the spring. Um, I don't think it'll be anyone big, but um, it'll be worth you know filling that spot. Um, I'm trying to give anyone off the top of my head. Um, I don't really have anyone on the portal, but I do know. Uh, the guy that just got released from his uh, NOI letter of intent uh, from Texas, I think his name is uh, DeAndre Robinson. The I think. Bingo. 
yeah, I knew that's the guy that we're we're wanting to pursue, and he could fit that role. But and, yeah. it sounds like that's that, that one of those guys, yeah. And Coach Spencer had had been recruiting him to Florida. Yes, uh, he had. Yeah, is that right? Okay. Him, him, and Jay Bateman are both very familiar with him, and and I know uh, like Coach Ish and all of them, like they were very very familiar with him as well because they're recruiting him at Miami. I got you. Cool. Um, and then I, I guess uh, anything on uh, I, I saw I saw Broninger on Texags posted that um. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Steve, Steve Linton uh, visited this, uh, this past week. Um, uh, is there any interest there? Do you think he's a guy that they they, they go hard at, hard after, or are they good with their with their edge guys? Yeah, I, I think that's a guy that could be interesting. I, I don't know if he's you know the first or second option, but I think he's certainly a guy that could come in and add add some depth to that linebacker room. Good deal. Um, well, I, I I guess the last one before we let you get out of here. Um, we we talked a lot about him last week, but um, of of all of all the big hires, uh, the the hire of Tommy Moffitt to this coaching staff uh, to head up strength and conditioning, um, not just from a you know uh, a performance perspective, but from a culture perspective, um, mm-hmm. how ha, ha, how how huge is that to get a guy with that's like the godfather of of collegiate strength and conditioning to to join your your coaching staff here. Yeah, that that was one that I remember. I remember seeing it, and there's very few that at this point to where I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is massive. <laughs> and we've had a few of those already with Elko, but I think that was probably the biggest one because I think that one isn't just something that transforms your players, but transforms your culture. Um, it it completely transforms everything about your program. Um, and I think that what he'll bring to this program is something you won't that we won't see as fans, but I think the players themselves will feel it. Um, the competitiveness, I think that's going to shift. I think the players, like we, I remember seeing um, and speaking to this about a coach was that I feel like there was, we, under the previous regime, re, reg, ooh, regime, regime, <laughs> there we go. I'm seeing it too fast. Um, that we weren't really seeing the production from the strength and conditioning side of things. You know, there's a lot of injuries that could have been prevented by that. I, we weren't seeing a whole lot of transformations physically. Uh, yeah. I think you're going to see a, a lot of difference when it comes to that stuff with Moffitt. And um, this is a guy that's going to utilize all the tools. I saw an interview the other day that he's going to be paying, he's like, spending money on, <laughs> you know, new equipment, new technology. Um, but I, I think he's going to completely transform the squad in a way that we haven't seen before. That's, that, that that's fantastic. Uh, I, I saw a picture like, like right before we got on, I, I think, like, I think they're going through workouts right now. And there was like a couple of pictures yeah. and stuff from, from the workouts and, and he, and he was in one of them, like, like, uh, uh, talking to the players and, uh, and, and getting them fired up. But, um, there's uh, overall, it's, it's a super impressive staff. Like this is a, mm-hmm. a, a, a big time operation here at Texas A&M and, and Elko has just come in and, uh, th- there's no way he's gotten any sleep in the, in the past couple of months. He's just been just, just working his butt off and, 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 you know when and and we like on this on this podcast i i'm guilty of being an optimist you know i i yeah. i can't help it but we we do try to you know uh call things like we see them and if if elko yeah. as soon as elko does something i don't like i'll i'll tell you about it but so far yeah. he's just been he's just been that's, killing yeah it. i feel you. I, that's the thing is i've been incredibly pr- impressed i thought the recruiting may have been an issue whenever he got hired don't have that issue anymore i think the staff he's assembled <laughs> Um, I, I think it completely 
you know, negates any of those worries. Uh, and I, I think he's kind of surrounded himself with a really good all-around staff that, you know, touches on the recruiting, but also is full with experience and, and guys that can develop their players. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, it's like I, I was already happy with it, like, like when we hired him and uh, just uh, just everything he's he's done since has just uh, it's it, it's it's blown me away. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess as we as we wrap up here, uh, any 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 parting thoughts, any any big things that you're you're working on, or just uh, business as usual? Just just the usual, man. I, I mean, keep your <laughs> eyes out. I'm I'm expecting more stuff here in the, in the next few weeks, and it'll calm down, but it'll pick right back up in the spring. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, and you know, as as we kind of get into to work out some stuff, um, there's always like little. Uh, tidbits and things like that that'll that, that'll leak out and whatnot but um uh, it's you know it, it, it feels good to have to have a little hope uh with with this program again so um, finally it's, finally it's, yeah Long time <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right this this last season just about did me in so uh yeah and, and thank god for the rangers right <laughs> Oh, dude, that that was the only thing keeping me. That was the only thing keeping me about the water, man. Yeah, no, I'm 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 living off that. But uh, yeah, uh, he's he's Aggies today. He's Jackson Callaway. Um, you can find him. You probably already follow him at Aggies today on all socials. Wait, are are you still? Like, I know your Instagram got messed up. Are you still Aggies today on everything? Still Aggies today on everything. Yeah, don't post okay. much on Instagram anymore. But that's mainly right. on Twitter. Yeah, and Patreon. That's right. Uh, patreon yeah patreon.com slash slash aggies today uh some great info uh that, that you won't see on twitter uh unless people still didn't put it on there but um some great info on there but uh at man uh, it was great having you on we'll have to do it again soon but uh thanks so much and uh and good luck with uh, with classes starting up appreciate it man i've had a blast always love being here all right thanks guys we'll, we'll see y'all next week